0: going on everybody welcome to another episode of trail tales i'm so excited episode number 34 if you're new here my name is kyle o'grady i am a through hiker i am a peak bagger i really just love to walk up and down mountains through valleys in forests getting sweaty especially this time of year it's july now and even in vermont believe it or not gets pretty damn hot and humid If you are somebody who likes to do those things too, and you like to hear from other people who have crazy experiences and new information to share on some trails that you may or may not have heard of before, I encourage you to subscribe, and if you are a regular listener, welcome back. This week's guest is a man named David Moore. He is a triple crowner, first of all, which is freaking awesome, and he is the partner of Effie Drew, who was a previous guest on the show oh man i learned so so much in this episode and i'm not just saying that like i legitimately did it was awesome we talk a lot about some of the details behind david pursuing the triple crown we talk about this sea to sound route in new england that he and effie made up you might remember that from her episode uh, a couple weeks ago And we spend a good chunk of this episode talking specifically about the CDT, that is the Continental Divide Trail, the least known of the Triple Crown hikes. I'm thinking about doing it. We talk about that a little bit. And I just wanted to go over a bunch of the questions that I had about it. It's just, it's one of those episodes. You're gonna learn a lot about it. And um, even, even if you already know about it, it's always good to hear another perspective as well. So I really had a blast. Dave, when you hear this, dude, thank you so, so much. Let's do it again soon. I really, really appreciate it. For those of you that have listened to every single episode of this show, if you're crazy enough to do that, you might recall way back in like December or something, I interviewed my friend Colby Ziemendorf, and we talked a little bit about his organization that he co-founded called 46 Climbs, which raises money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. In that episode, I talked about getting a Trail Tales team together to raise some money for suicide prevention, and I know it's been a while, but I'm going to make good on that promise. I have created a Trail Tales team, so I just wanted to throw this out there. You know, I know I asked for money for like the Patreon thing. I'm not gonna bother with that today. Um, If you have any money to spare at all and you want to help a good cause, I would really appreciate it. The way this works is During the week of August 30th to September 8th, 2019, you're basically going to pick a mountain or a peak, whatever, to go hike, and then you're gonna go register to climb that mountain in support of suicide prevention. Now, what I want you to do is go to 46climbs.com. Up at the top of the website, there's gonna be a little button that says Donate. Click on that, you're gonna be brought to a little search bar, and you're gonna type in Trail Tales. And then you click on that, and from there you can donate to the Trail Tales team, and we can all raise some money together. It'll be super cool. I will have a link to the Trail Tales fundraising site in the show notes as well if you want to go check that out. I set the goal at $100. I feel like maybe I can do more than that, but I, I don't really know because I've never tried to like fundraise like this before. So... We'll see. If we could hit $100, that'd be cool. If we could do even more than that, that'd be even cooler. So please go check it out. Once again, 46climbs.com. Hit the donate button, type in Trail Tales. You'll be good to go, or just, just check out the link in the show notes. We're going to get into the conversation in just a second here, but first, I have to read three iTunes reviews. I promise I'll make it quick, because I do this thing where if you give a five-star iTunes review, write a message, I read it at the beginning of the next episode, and I'm kind of behind right now, so I'm going to get caught back up, and then I'm going to make a call for you guys to give me even more reviews. So this one says, Alton and Cole, so yeah, going back a couple weeks here, it says, loved the podcast with Alton. Wish I heard more from Cole himself, though. If you guys haven't heard that one, Cole is Alton's dog. I wish I could hear from Cole, too. That would have been pretty sweet, but unfortunately, dogs don't really podcast too well. From my understanding, this next one, it says, Don't be depressed. Love your podcast. Keep keeping it real. And the Colorado Trail is a long trail, too. Um, I'm not depressed. I don't know. I don't really know what that means, but uh, the Colorado Trail is a trail. And that's a good point I have not ever talked about that trail on the show and I really need to so if anybody out there has done the Colorado Trail or they know of someone who has I'd love to hear from them this last review says a great channel if you enjoy hiking or backwoods camping awesome show makes the time fly by when driving for hours on end glad you finally fixed the bass in your intro music that part sucked thought my speakers was blown. <laughs> Most of the people you interview are very informative. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much for the review. Honestly, I'm not really sure what you're talking about with the intro music. I haven't like changed that that file at all. Like it's, this, I don't know, has anybody else had that problem? If you have, let me know, because I want to fix that. I'm not trying to blow anybody's speakers out, but that's the first time I've ever heard of that issue. And like I said, haven't changed the file at all. It's still the same one I've had from the start. So I don't really know what's going on there, but shit, maybe I need to look into that. Thank you everybody for the reviews you know i harp on this every single week but now that i'm caught up i want you guys to get back to it let's see a couple more reviews make me fall behind again like i was the last couple weeks that would be super super cool it helps the show helps show people that this show actually has some people that like it and listen to it and uh, yeah that would just be really cool five star itunes reviews are sweet the last thing i'm gonna say here is that if you want to send me some advice send me some guest suggestions whether it's people that are like youtubers or bloggers or even just someone who doesn't have any social media you know i'd like to get a nice balance there just anybody who has a cool story you'd like to hear about definitely let me know you can contact me through email you guys know i love the email trail tales pod at gmail.com, I've had more and more people email me lately, and I, I just I love it. So trailtailspod at gmail.com, Instagram at trailtailspod. Go follow me on there as well, and then Facebook. Uh, just type in trailtails on Facebook. That'll come up. You can leave like Facebook reviews or recommendations too. So maybe maybe go to, go do that if you're feeling uh, pretty generous. Um, I think that's it. I think we're gonna get into the episode here with David Moore. Triple Crowner, and CDT Class of 2017. Alright, we're doing it. Episode 34 of Trail Tales. I'm joined today by Dave Moore. He is Effie Drew's partner, who some of you may recall from a uh, see, oh, dude, I already fucked up. <laughs> uh, this happens all the time. Dude.
1: Three or four episodes back.
0: Yeah, it was something like that. I'll leave I'll, I'll in my, my fuck up there, yeah. yeah. She was she was on the show a couple episodes ago, and um, shout out to Effie for getting me in touch with Dave, first of all. And she actually got me in touch with last week's guest as well, and I forgot to thank her, so Effie, I owe you. That's really awesome. But Dave has done a ton of stuff. He's a triple crowner, first of all, which is sweet, I think I've only had on one other Triple Crowner. I hope I got that right, too. Oh, someone's going to be pissed if I got that wrong, but <laughs> I'm pretty pretty—I'm pretty sure it's, it's only been one, and that was months ago now, so I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to talk all about that, and we're going to talk a lot about the CDT today, I think, as well, and of course, you know, we'll see wherever else we go. Um. So yeah, Dave, dude, what's going on? Like, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. I'm excited to
0: talk. For sure, for sure. So let's start like kind of at the beginning. This is what I like to do with pretty much all my episodes here. I kind of want to know how you first learned about like long distance hiking and through hiking. Well, uh,
1: my grandfather, also a David Moore, he uh <laughs> he section hiked the A T starting in nineteen eighty five. Damn. So I was born in eighty seven and uh, just kind of grew up with his stories. Him and my dad both started hiking the White Mountains when see, my dad was nine. My grandpa went up there for the first time when he, in 1943 to the White Mountains and hiked up Mount Washington with two of his buddies. So yeah, just hearing all his stories through my childhood, always wanted to hike the AT and uh, get into through hiking. So. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how it started out, and we would go up every summer for Father's Day, and hike in the White Mountains. So my siblings, my dad, cousins, like, we'd all go up to the Whites and hike a four thousand footer every year for Father's
0: Day. So that's pretty sweet. So you started you started young then. That's uh that's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of my guests didn't start like quite that young or really learn about you know, long distance backpacking, through hiking until they were a little bit older.
1: Yeah, it was probably 10 when we started going up there. Like early 90s or yeah, the 90s in the White Mountains has changed a lot since then. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty cool to see the progression of hiking.
0: For sure. For sure. Now, what was your first through
1: hike? Was it the AT? No, my first through hike was something called the Bibbulmun Track in Western Australia.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> I've never even heard of this before. I got to ask. I got to ask. So I was uh,
1: living in Australia in 2012 to 13. And a friend of mine that was Australian, it's kind of bouncing all over the country, just wanted to see and do everything. So uh, yeah, I was on the West Coast and this girl that I was dating uh, said she was going to go hike. The Bibbulmun track and I had no idea what it was. Um, turns out it was a 600-mile trail from <laughs> Perth to Albany. And it was a hut-to-hut. Hut. So, like, every 15 miles, there's a hut with okay. a water okay. source. And, uh, yeah, I had my boots sent out from America, a water filter, and we went on to hike. And it was awesome. I kind of had only done, like, a few three to four day trips prior to that in the Sierra Nevadas. So the idea of doing a a long distance hike, multi-day month trip was super appealing and we got along great. So it worked out well.
0: That's so badass. You might have said this a second ago, I might have missed it, but what year was that? Oh, that was uh, 2013 was the first one. 2013. Okay. And then you went on, and what did you do after that?
1: So then I got back to the States, and in 2014, hiked the Long Trail and finished up New Hampshire's 48, 4,000 footers. Nice. Yeah, Long Trail's an amazing trail. And then uh, my grandpa actually also hiked that too. So cool. he had done the AT and the Long Trail. Nice. And then after that, let's see, uh, off to the AT, 2015, Next summer, PCT 2016. <laughs> and then when I finished PCT, I actually bought a bicycle in Portland, Oregon and rode that down the coast to uh, kill some time before my sister's wedding in San Diego. Nice. So yeah, Portland to Tijuana and then home for a month over to New Zealand and hike the Teatroa track. So That was 16, 17. And then 2016, 17 hiked the CDT. Then, let's see, after the CDT, we hiked the Cedar Sound, which was a route Effie and I made up from the Canadian border in New Hampshire down to the Connecticut Sound. Yeah,
0: That was super cool. Yeah, she was talking a little bit about that. I might might pick your brain about that a little bit more in a second, but... Sounds good. And then we, in the middle of that, we went and did the Northern Forest Canoe Trail. Yeah.
1: She talked about 700 miles of canoeing totally different from anything else we've ever done but super fun nonetheless
0: yeah for sure for sure yeah damn are you done is there more Ah, uh, yeah definitely there's, <laughs> there's
1: always more it's hard like, sure, once you start sure. there's no stopping i think this summer we actually talking about
0: a uh, wind river high route and the sierra high route
1: nice so we're kind of progressing through the marked trails to the unmarked trails
0: yeah you guys are out in uh california
1: now right yeah, we both moved out to San Diego. We we wanted to try a, a year of not like any huge trails, but see if we could stay put for a year because neither of us have ever held a job for longer than six months. <laughs> so it's been interesting. We're at six months right now and we're both so itchy. We were just in the Sierras for the weekend. We're like, man, what are we doing? Staying put. This is crazy. We should be back out here. <laughs> so it's been it's been interesting.
0: Nice, nice. Where are you from originally? I know Effie's from Maine. Because uh, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut, so up, okay.
1: Yeah, right in Connecticut. So the Whites were about a four, four and a half hour drive. That's why we only went up like once a
0: year. Yeah, I was going to say when you were talking about going to the Whites when you were younger and all that stuff, must have been around here somewhere. I'm from uh, Burlington, Vermont, so. Oh, cool. Also very familiar with the Long Trail. I've only done like one episode on the Long Trail, and that was like my second episode ever, so a long time ago now. I got to do another one on the long trail sometime for sure.
1: Oh, um, it's such um, a good
0: trail. Oh, it's so much fun, dude. I, I really want to try to get back and do a couple sections of it this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, shit. See, like, usually my follow-up question after I kind of learn about, you know, how my guests first discovered through hiking and, and all that is, like, why do they actually go for a through hike But, like, your circumstances... A little bit different than a lot of my other guests because you kind of were brought up like knowing what it is. It wasn't more like a spontaneous thing like a lot of people. Um, but can you can you still speak to that a little bit? Obviously, you've got like the family history. You know, growing up, you are aware of through hiking You got your grandfather that did it, which is like super cool. You know, why do it yourself though? Why not just be like the kid with a really badass grandfather that through hike You know, why did you <laughs> want to go and do it yourself?
1: Uh, man, I just always loved the outdoors and I would get home from school and just spend hours outside. So for me, it was just the best way to spend a summer outside. And I love to hike and I love to camp. So for me, it was like the best way to spend as much possible time as I could. And then to go through the States and visit different parts of the country and meet all sorts of people just seemed like it made the most sense to take the best of all different worlds and put it there together on the trail.
0: That's awesome. I, I really like that answer. It's, it's so funny. Cause like I said, I asked that question to pretty much all my guests or at least all my through hiking guests anyways. And I never know what I'm going to get. Sometimes I get like a really like long, like intricate answer about like, Oh, I wasn't happy with my life and I wanted to change and, you know, something like that. And then sometimes like, with you, it sounds like I just get like a, I don't know, I just like to hike. Like, I like being outside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, on the AT, I remember asking people or vice versa, like, why are you out here? And a lot of people being like, oh, I'm trying to find myself I'm between work. I wasn't happy. One guy's house burnt down. So, oh, man. Yeah. Was, and my answer is just, I, I like to hike. And yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it that's, oh, sorry.
1: Plain and simple, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's that's funny because uh that's pretty much the same thing with me too. It's like I got asked that sometimes too and like, "Oh, why are you out there?" and it's like, "Honestly, I just like to hike too. Like there's not really like a like a deep like personal reason you know like it's just fun like it's just a good way to spend time i guess so <laughs> totally <laughs> i just think that's so funny how there's like such a contrast i guess at the end of the day everybody's out there for like different reasons so i don't know why that's like funny or surprising but yeah kind of interesting that kind of popped into my head there a little bit um i kind of want to talk about this did you just call it the sea to sound what did you oh call yeah it? the
1: sea to sound we we made the name up it was yeah, yeah. the co-host trail then the long trail to some walking through miscellaneous areas parks <laughs> and roads to the new england trail and down the new england trail to connecticut sound
0: which is pretty freaking sweet i feel like not that many people like make up their own route like that you know yeah it was kind of funny how we
1: stumbled upon it like effie wanting to hike the co-host trail me wanting to hike new england trail and then looking at the map, like, hey, we could probably connect those through the, the long trail and the AT. And then she tied together a few other trails and it, it worked out really well. So we're
0: pretty pumped on that. Yeah, for sure. I think I might have asked Effie this, but I don't quite remember. So I'm going to ask it. How much of that like was road walking like in between the trails? Because I remember she said like co-host trail, co trail, whatever the hell it is. Um, to, like, the Whites, and then you, like, hop on the AT and go over to, like, the Long Trail, and then... Is, did I get that part right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then where did you go, like, from there, I guess, to kind of get over to uh, wherever the hell you went next? I don't even know. Uh, you know, like, Mount
1: Monadnock? Yeah, in yeah. New Hampshire? Yeah. So, basically, it starts at... Or you can start at Mount Monadnock, which... You hike 20 miles to the border of Mass in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So, i don't, oh man, what town do we even end up in? We were walking dirt roads, and we had like 30 miles of walking to go. And I can't remember the town. But anyways, we crossed the Connecticut River, and we just popped up. She had – you'll have to reach back out to her because she's got it all mapped out or have her send you the map. Sure. Because we just started taking so many different little protected areas and trails, and next thing you know, we just kind of ended up going. Oh, I gotta pull up. <laughs> um, shoot, because she's got the map. Yeah, we'll have to go back to that. I wasn't wasn't quite ready because she. There were so many different areas that we walked through, and kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm just like trying to piece it together in my mind because. Like I said, like that's not like something most people do kind of make your own route like that, but that's pretty cool. Have you like, <laughs> have you thought about like putting it out there and like trying to get somebody else to do it or like put out some resources on it anyways, like start your own little thru-hike combining other thru-hikes? Well, when
1: we were on the New England Trail, we there's like a couple little login books and someone had actually logged in doing the same thing oh really? really we found them yeah effie found them on facebook <laughs> on like the new england trail group or whatever it was and we, she started talking to them it's like they didn't even think to try and connect it i think they i forget how they did it but they're like yeah let's hike the co-host trail and new england trail i don't know if they walked all the way through or if they got a ride over to the long trail because it's kind of a long. it was like it would have been like 60 miles of road if you walked road Damn. And after from yeah, from the start of the New England Trail to the long trails, like sixty miles, and Effie and I were like, nah, let's find some trails and dirt roads and everything else. So Yeah. Wasn't much like actual asphalt walking. There's a lot of dirt road walking.
0: How many like miles did that add to that section then? I don't know. I think in the end probably
1: eighty miles of trails, I wanna say. Okay. But she spent probably three days on google maps i don't even know what she was using making (laughs) little lines and connecting trails like zoomed in and dragging and dropping little lines between it so she could mark off like the different sections super organized over the top it came out really cool and that's what we followed yeah yeah then you could check off sections like she had it all color coordinated it was awesome (laughs) so that's why i don't know the map that well she was the one that kind of designed the whole area i was just along for the ride Cool, cool. Yeah, it was fun.
0: You guys have done quite a bit of hiking together, I guess. This just kind of popped into my head here. Um, Is she usually the one that's kind of doing the planning like that, or do you both kind of contribute uh, on other hikes besides just this one? So we decided – we both had a lot going on last summer. We
1: both – I basically – the canoe trip was my idea. Like when I met her on the CDT, I said – Day two, we're hiking together. I'm like, "Hey, would you go paddle this Northern Forest Canoe Trail?" And I explained it to her. <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." It's like, "All right, cool." Like, so we just stayed friends throughout the whole process and ended up dating. And then it's like, "Cool, she's she can be a good uh, canoe partner." She's pretty adventurous, and boom, we're out canoeing. So <laughs> basically, the canoe trip I planned and the hike she planned. So gotcha. we usually split it up pretty fairly. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So yeah, that's how that went.
0: Nice, nice. Damn, that's pretty crazy. I don't know if I'd ever have the balls to just, like, make a trail up like that. I mean, well, I guess you're not, like, making, like, a new trail up, but I don't know, just, like, connect connecting it like that. That's that's pretty cool. Definitely, like, super unique as well. Um, anybody listening, if you want to know, like, more about that, I did talk about it in Effie's episode a little bit as well uh, towards the beginning of our episode. Well, I-, I didn't talk about it. She talked about it, so go check that out. Um... I kind of want to go back to the triple crown thing just for a little bit here. Um, Like I said, haven't really had too many triple crowners on. So, like, I'm trying to phrase this right. When did you, like, kind of know that you wanted to do the triple crown, right? Because I feel like a lot of people will set out just to do, like, one of the trails. Like, just to set out to do the AT or just the PCT or whatever it is. Um, And then maybe after they do one of them, they, like, decide that they actually want to do all three of them. But I also have heard people say that, like, they wanted to do all three before they, like, even did any of them. So, I don't know. Like, what kind of boat did you fall into there? Uh, let's see.
1: I definitely always wanted to do all three because they're so different and diverse. Yeah. And there's no, like... You can't really, like either you hike the AT and you're done, or you hike the PCT and you're done. But there's no, like, you don't just do two trails. If you do two trails, you're definitely going to do the third. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting to, like, follow my friends that did the AT and, like, just, yeah, that was enough for me. It's all I really wanted to do. Then the people that would go and do another trail was like, all right, yep, triple crown, we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no, like, quitting after uh, doing two. So for me, I probably found out about triple crowning when I was when I was sixteen. Just the idea of doing the AT, I loved it so much afterwards. I was like all right, PCT next summer, and then was able to um, just work in between trails and didn't have a whole lot going on. Didn't try to avoid commitments and debt in order to. So I was really just pretty committed to the idea of finishing the triple crown in three years
0: for sure and yeah that's another thing too it's like you don't have to do it in three years but obviously like you just said you made that a priority i don't know like why not why not drag them out like why not make them last a little bit longer and maybe do some smaller hikes in between yeah
1: i i don't
0: know (laughs) i know that's a tough question for sure i guess for me it
1: was like knowing that there's so many trails out there and wanting to do so many different trips that for me, it was like most efficient to just stay stay at it, do a trail. Like even when I finished the PCT, I got a bike and rode it down the 1,700 miles down the coast and a month later went and walked across New Zealand and then got home two months later, I'm out in the CDT, like <laughs> just obsessed with adventures. So I guess that's probably why I did them all back to back. Yeah. Now I'm finally kind of trying to get back into some other hobbies this year while I
0: slow things down a little bit. <laughs> like what? What, like, how how do you even pick up another hobby after you became, like, a triple crowner? Like, I don't even know. (laughs) I get,
1: like, if you spend so much time walking, like, I I would daydream about mountain biking or getting back into rock. So
0: other, like, outdoor hobbies?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just stuff I wasn't able to do because I was walking all day.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Honestly, it's like, I feel like I haven't hit that point yet because... I really don't do any other like outdoor like things other than hike. I mean maybe like just like straight up camp and like not hike. I do that too, but you know mm. that's <laughs> I don't know if you can call sitting by a fire and drinking beer a hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Oh, for sure it is. But I don't know. I never really got into like mountain biking or climbing. I've never even tried and I can guarantee you I will never try that. That just kind of scares the shit out of me. Yeah, Um, me
1: uh, too, still.
0: (laughs) But damn, I don't know. Part of me like kind of wants to. I could, I could see myself like mountain biking before I actually like started climbing. I, I, I did try mountain biking when I was younger. Like the last time I tried it, I think I I was on the trail for like thirty minutes total, and I went over the handlebars like at least twice, <laughs> maybe three times. There's this place here in a uh, uh, in Vermont where I, the town I grew up in, in Jericho, called Mobs Farm, and there's just like some pretty. I think they're pretty advanced mountain biking trails there. At least they were way too advanced for me. So I haven't really mountain biked
1: since then. <laughs> yeah, that would scare me too.
0: Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the CDT. So I was telling you, Dave, a little bit before we started recording here that I am like very seriously considering a through hike of the CDT as my next like big long trail. For a while I was kinda like, Oh, I'll do the PCT next. I've never really hiked out west. That'll be like a good like stepping stone to like build up to the CDT. But for some reason the idea of just like kind of throwing myself into it just like appeals to me more like I don't know why. It was just kind of a thing that popped into my head like a couple of weeks ago. Honestly, it's pretty recent and I was just like, "You know what? Fuck it. Like I'm just going to do the cdt next." So, I've got a bunch of questions about it. Um I have done quite a bit of research. So, like I feel like a lot of these questions I kind of know the answer to or based on other people's answers anyways. So, I kind of want to get your answers and I also really haven't dedicated like a or like a large chunk of time in any of these episodes to the CDT specifically yet. Like I said, um, I think the only person I've had on that actually even talked about the CDT was a guy named Tyler Lau who did the uh, calendar year triple crown last year. And that was a long time ago that we talked. That was back in like December or some shit. So yeah, we're going to talk about the CDT anyways. Um, So I kind of want to talk about a lot of the differences between the CDT and, you know, the AT and the PCT. Obviously like, It's a lot different than the AT just like based on the, you know, the type of hiking and climate and stuff. But I know it's a lot different from the PCT as well. So I think one of the first things that stuck out to me about the CDT is unlike the AT or the PCT, there's not like just one defined footpath that you're supposed to follow for a through hike. Yeah, you got these alternates and all that. Can you kind of talk about those a little bit?
1: Yeah, the alternates are awesome and it's... Really, uh, it's definitely worth taking alternates. Like we met a lot of people that were pretty set on taking the the actual CDT trail, oh, but nice. through like areas like the winds, there's a couple high routes in different areas throughout the entire trail where you can really get just lost staying on the actual divide, and just I personally feel like you'd be missing out on a few things if you didn't explore some of the alternates and kind of stay true to the through, but you're still connecting footsteps from of course. Canada to Mexico. It's like, make it your own adventure. So, yeah, we used, uh, as far as maps go, the John Lay maps are super helpful, and they talk about every alternate. It's all marked out with different colors, and then he even recommends oh, take this alternate, or this is worth yeah. missing, like, watch out for the weather. He's got notes on there that are just indispensable. So. How,
0: how updated are those maps? Because I was actually looking at those a little bit because I didn't want to buy the gut hook, obviously. And I couldn't really, like, get a grasp on it, like, how recent all that information was.
1: Uh, I mean, it worked it worked for me in 2017, so I don't, I don't see why it <laughs> wouldn't work now. Uh, then, yeah, you just got to watch out. Like, the, the big thing would be fires. So if the trail's closed, finding alternates, it's definitely worth having, like, multiple sets of maps because I also did use Gut Hook mm-hmm. and had John Lay just in case, like, you kind of start going down certain areas and then there's a fire. Knowing, like, a bailout option is pretty helpful. Yeah. So yeah. You, even in town, like, if you do know there's fires going, you could, an idea that I kind of have is, like, if you need to get a road map, if you're walking roads, stop at a gas station. If you know there's fires coming, get a road map so you do have a bailout option. Get a, a bigger picture because Guthook and John Lay maps aren't a big picture, not big scale.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, can you talk a little bit more about these fires then? Because honestly, this is something that I really haven't researched too much. Um, yeah, let's see. Honestly, really most of my like quote research was watching a youtube series from a guy who hiked in 2017 honestly i can't quite remember his name but he did like a not daily but like i think he put out like 50 something videos from his through hike and i like binged them all like a couple weeks ago and he didn't really was he going northbound or south he's going southbound okay yeah actually that's a good
1: fucking what what direction did you like uh southbound we started in uh i started
0: in glacier july 3rd okay okay I am so glad I just thought of that because that's a huge topic too, Nobo versus Sobo. All right, well, I'll come. I'll come back to the fires thing. I want. I want to hear about this. So, I'm like trying to convince some of my friends that I hiked with on the AT to like come do this with me because I don't really want to do the CDT alone. And they, <laughs> when I first told them that I, I think it's better to go southbound because, from my limited research, that's kind of what it seems like for me. Um, I guess we'll find out if that's true or not in a second here. But they were, like, a little bit hesitant just because we went a Nobo on the AT, I think, and they were like, oh, Sobo, like, can't do that. So I don't know. Why did you go Sobo? And if you had to recommend a direction, what would it be? Um,
1: As far as recommending a direction, I would just wait and see what gets hit with the most snow. If Glacier gets hit or San Juans get hit, kind of. It's best to be lenient on that option. Yeah, okay. Because I had friends that were like, the week before they were leaving decided to go nobo or sobo and like they uh well it's not really the week before because they would have to leave in april or march but yeah like last minute decisions, like okay i'm just going to go out and go nobo just to get out there but i think the idea of nobo since the at works better nobo and the pct works best nobo Mm -hmm. everyone thinks cdt nobo but i kind of feel like it's a southbound trail uh it can be done Nobo, but if you're gonna go Nobo, you gotta watch out for the San Juans and going too quick through New Mexico, hiking through snow. And as far as alternates, that's where if you want to take an alternate, you can stay lower and take the mountain bike route through the San Juans and the Creed route. So the alternates are really cool if you cannot make it through a certain area because of the weather. Mm-hmm. You do have the option to stay high or stay low. So, that idea works well for the trail. Okay. Um, but as far as direction, it's kind of personal preference. Whatever you want to hike. If timing, like sobo, yeah, mid June to mid July, northbound start in April if you want to go slow through New Mexico,
0: March. Whenever you want to start. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the reasons why it seemed appealing to me to go sobo was because. I don't know. Just like having to kind of like chase and beat winter, like ending in Glacier, Northern Montana, doesn't really appeal to me. Like I'd rather be in like New Mexico where it's probably not going to snow, at least for the Southern part of New Mexico and just like not be quite as like cold at the end. I don't know. What do you think about that? So that's the trouble
1: with the CDT is like you're fighting winter on both ends Mm -hmm. because If you go Nobo, you've got Glacier. If you go Sobo, you've got the San Juans. So I met Effie two weeks into that hike, and we decided to hike together throughout. The rest of the trail just kind of ended up that way. And we got to the San Juans in mid-October. Oh. we
0: uh, So that's pretty late then, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. It
0: was pretty chilly. We had,
1: let's see, we decided that we would like to stay on trail on the actual CDT through there, not take any other alternates as much as we could. So through Colorado, we went four weeks without seeing another CDT hiker on trail. We saw two Colorado hikers and some day hikers, but it was just cold and a bit of snow. So a lot of people were kind of, uh, I think we, there's probably 20 other Southbounders going through Colorado that same time. And they, all, a lot of them walk the road and stay low. So we'd bump into them in town, but then we'd go back up, stay high on the trail. Yeah. And, uh, we got a two person tent sent out. We both had tarp tents, but we had, I had an older, uh, REI quarter dome tent we had sent out. And then warmer sleeping bags, gaiters, winter boots, micro spikes. One of my hitches, let me borrow his puffy through there that he used on Denali because I did not have very much for warm gear. (laughs) And, yeah, we just stayed on trail and pushed through. But we did not get to do, uh, like, all the San Juans. We ended up kind of the weather. We looked at the window from Lake City, Colorado, which is a super cool town. And the weather for the San Juans was... The highs were in the 20s and the wind was like around 30 miles per hour and you're at above 11,000 feet. Yeah. So we kind of <laughs> decided that sounds miserable for five days and we ended up taking the Creed route, which was still pretty cold. But I mean, if you're willing to push through the weather, you can really stay on the
0: trail as long as you want. Um, I was going to say, how like could you have avoided that, I guess? Like what time of year did you start up in a uh, Glacier? We started July third, and or I was July second. it was July third. Okay,
1: so we started later because it was a higher snow year.
0: Oh, so you like didn't really have a choice then up in Glacier? Yeah, and
1: okay. it really wasn't even that bad. Like we started, and the snow wasn't terrible. Man, it's so cool starting up north, like up in Glacier. The long, long days, and like it didn't the sun didn't go down until ten thirty or eleven at night. Yeah. But we weren't exactly fit, so you couldn't be hiking long days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the high snow up there, later start, and we just, we didn't really do huge days. We kind of enjoyed the entire trail. Took two days off to go to a blues festival in Salmon, Idaho, or <laughs> we swimming in every lake. It's just an unbelievable trail. We would make up miles when we could, when it was a bit flatter, but if it was beautiful, we were
0: taking it all in nice nice okay that's cool that's cool what day did you guys finish then uh november 30th okay cool cool yeah once so, we got to new
1: mexico it kind of decided let's let's pick it up
0: so like starting any through hike like while you're actually in like better trail shape i guess is definitely a good thing but would you say for the cdt southbound specifically that would be something people might want to consider before they start Uh, It would be
1: helpful to be in shape because you do have to get permits in Glacier. So if, and they're kind of strict on the permits, like 10 to 15 miles a day. And then you go into the Bob at Marshall, and that's a long ass food carry if you're not (laughs) in shape. So it would be wise to be in reasonable shape and at least probably do 20 a day. Yeah. It's not, it's not the steepest trail. It's not the AT. It's not going to kill you. You can definitely swing 20 a day.
0: Okay, cool how um how is the bob then so honestly i have been to glacier i didn't backpack i just like did a couple like decently aggressive day hike not just like a touristy day hike but like not anything super crazy either um so like i've been there a little bit but didn't really know too much about the bob at the time can you talk about that a little bit because other than Grizzly bears and super fucking remote and long, like you just said, I really don't know too much about it. And I'm kind of curious. Well, <laughs> the Bob Marshall is so funny to get information on because you ask people up
1: there like locals yeah, about the Bob and they just kind of shake their head like, oh, the, the Bob, you're going to the Bob. Good luck. <laughs> oh, and no one gives you any information on it. So I feel like I shouldn't tell you anything about it, um, but it's really really amazing um as far as wildlife goes you'll come across tracks from grizzlies and deer and mountain lion and coyote and you have no idea who is stalking who (laughs) so it's it's just an incredible magical place and i don't really know what else to tell you about it it's kind of a secret it
0: sounds like geez
1: yeah there was a bit of a burn, like so. There's two different routes through the bob. We decided to stay. Low. I was hiking with two other people through there and we stayed low. And actually, Effie went high. And the people that we met that took the higher route just had endless blowdowns, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the fire, the beetle kill, the trees dropped, and the trail. They don't really get out there to maintain that area. They may have maintained it recently, but there was some pretty brutal river crossings and trees down so you kind of if you if you plan on doing 20 25 a day wait till you get on the trail because you might be jumping over trees and only get 10 miles in a day
0: oh damn oh that's kind of bummer geez um so i'm going to ask you a little more about grizzly bears so I, i talked about this a little bit in last week's episode as well um talking about the great divide trail in canada so not the cdt but you know still a trail that goes through a lot of miles of Grizzly Country. Um, I, I think I read it's like somewhere around a thousand miles through Grizzly Country on the CDT. Is that correct? Yeah. Probably sounds about right. Damn. So that's a shit ton of miles through Grizzly Country. Um, so like I said, I did those couple hikes in Glacier, but other than that, never had to deal with like Grizzly Bears before. And it was definitely a little bit sketchy for me at first. Um, I got a little more used to it by the end, but I don't know. I just definitely wasn't super comfortable with it. I feel like after hiking a thousand miles through grizzly country, like you have to get used to it like somewhat. I don't know. How did you do with that? Like, were you worried about it before? Did you not really care? You know, how was that? I totally understand where you're coming from. And I had kind of mixed
1: feelings going into it. I did get bear spray. And I never saw a grizzly bear. Really? Yeah. And I even said to Effie the other day, I was like, man, I, I want to go do the CDT again so I can see a grizzly bear and be <laughs> okay with it on trail. Because <laughs> I'm still like, the idea of it scares me. Yeah, dude, for sure. I did see a few black bears. I saw a mountain lion, but no grizzly bears. Interesting. And I, so I did actually hike through Glacier with a buddy of my a college friend of mine who lives up in Alaska. and is a hunts grizzly bears black bears all of it gets crazy so he hiked through (laughs) glacier with me and had no fear of grizzly bears he's explaining like what they eat where where they're gonna be each time a year and nothing to worry about he just couldn't care less slept with his food (laughs) in his tent oh
0: no way really yeah just oh fuck that oh no way yeah oh he's funny um
1: So having him walk through Glacier with me, and he lives in grizzly country, yeah. so... Oh, that's true, I guess, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he's up in Anchorage, he's always just better, he baits bears up there, so for me it was like, all right, if Brian doesn't really care about grizzly bears and thinks so, he's totally fine not having any cares in the world, I guess (laughs) I really shouldn't be too phased by it. Yeah. So that was kind of comforting to have him up there and explain that to me, because yeah, I was pretty full of fear but also the cdt is a lot of fear-mongering going on okay yeah
0: not not that bad of a trail so that's the thing it's like before i did like all this research a few weeks ago i was like kind of not like afraid of it but like i never really even considered doing it until you know the future anyways you know i i wanted to do the triple crown but like i always just thought oh the cdt is gonna be like way too hard like never even considered it until I just kind of decided to look into it one day. And then I kind of realized, like, similar to what you just said there, like, okay, like, there's definitely, like, a lot more challenges to this trail. Like, it's definitely going to be fucking hard. But, like, it's not, like, impossible, right? Like, it's not as shitty, maybe, as, like, a lot of people make it out to be. So what would you say some of the other, like, um, things that people kind of hype up about this trail are, like, some of the fear-mongering things, you know?
1: Uh, I mean... (laughs) As far as fear it's like it's good to have some fear in you so you're not a total idiot, idiot of course, out of course. there. Um so I'd say the water carries, yeah, they're long and yeah, you're drinking out of cow troughs and the water tastes like shit, but you're gonna drink it so you can stay alive. <laughs> yeah. And you just get used to the extra weights, like you're not gonna be carrying two liters for a thirty mile water carry. You know that you probably need four liters. Yeah. A lot of people had this idea of staying ultra light and those are the people that are walking down low on the roads through colorado because they don't want to carry a 10 degree bag they're stuck in the 30 degree bag it's like yeah you're gonna freeze and die if you take that up to (laughs) eleven thousand feet so it's good to have some fear but also keep your smarts about you yeah yeah for sure dude common sense on trail goes so far so the experience helps but i met people out there it was their first long distance trail so, yeah. it, it can definitely be done. Just use yeah. your smarts. Listen to other people. Uh, you'll meet other hikers out there. Depending on when you start, I also have friends <laughs> that didn't see anybody for months. So, yeah, I would say uh would be like the water, the wind or the snow. You can be afraid of that trail, but if you're smart about it, there's really nothing
0: to be afraid of. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good to hear for sure. Um, another thing that I was kind of not, again, not really afraid of, because I never really thought about it too much, but just hesitant about was, um, like the navigation aspect. So like, I've never like bushwhacked or anything before. And my impression was that like a shit ton of the CDT was bushwhacking. It sounds like that's not really the case, but I know there is some, can you kind of talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I guess I was under... I think we're coming from the same place from what we've read as far as going out or prior to the trail. Like Same ideas, like, oh, man, only 75% of it's done. No, it's pretty much all done. People have been hiking it since the <laughs> 70s, so you can definitely make it work. And uh we got lost once, and I can talk about that later, but the bushwhacking, if you have your map and you you know like so i guess the main difference with the AT and the PCT is those two trails you can walk like just wander mindlessly the CDT the big thing is you always have to know where you are okay cuz otherwise you're going to find yourself quite lost so that was like <laughs> that was a big difference was just Having the maps out and always keeping an eye on it. Because, we, dude, we would take cow trails and have no idea where we're going. The CDT <laughs> and the cow trail looks identical. Yeah. It'd be a mile off the trail. So, it's definitely one of those things like keep an eye on it. Because the cows also do knock down the markers. So, you're walking through the middle of nowhere with no markers. <laughs> and maybe you'll wander by one that's just on the ground. It's like, oh, that would have been helpful if I could see that back there. But, <laughs> yeah, I would say... The navigation, just know where you're at. Like, yeah. keep an eye on. If you do have Gut Hook, it's pretty helpful with the water source updates. The John Lay map. If you can read, a, I took a, a compass reading class before I went out. That there at REI, so that was a bit more comfort. Comforting going yeah. into it. I don't think I, I sent my compass home after a week. Uh You just kind of look at the map, read the topo. It's like, all right, we're here. Keep this wall on
0: our right, and it, it works. Okay, interesting. How often would you say that you were, like, or, like, roughly, obviously, you don't know exact, but how often would you say that you were, like, legitimately, like, bushwhacking, like, through, like, brush, say, like, not, like, in the desert and just kind of walking from point A to point B, not necessarily on, like, the defined path by gut hook. I'm talking, like, straight up, like, going through, like, brush or, like, forest that isn't, like, any sort of trail at all.
1: Uh... Not that often. I'm trying to remember. It's like we got off trail and we had to bushwhack because we lost the trail and then decided to just follow this canyon down because we didn't want to turn around and go back up and bushwhack. Yeah, yeah. So if you pay attention to the map and you know where you are, (laughs) we would have been on a road that night walking into town, but instead we were in a rainstorm camped (laughs) down below. So, yeah, there's bushwhacking but since we were – all the nobos had been through, so the trail was kind of packed. And as as you're hiking too, you will bump into nobos and just kind of ask about the next section. Oh, so that was really helpful. We had met some nobos, and they said, oh, follow it up to here. You'll see a tower. Then hang on the road. Well, we followed it up. We never saw a tower, and we went to the right, so we got <laughs> lost. So the, the nobos are helpful. And depending on when you start, the trail could be pretty well beat down.
0: Okay, cool. I wonder if the guy whose channel I watch—I wish I could remember his name. Um, I wonder if he must have been pretty early, maybe, or something, because there was a couple times in his videos, and I know it's a long hike, so maybe just don't remember whatever. But like, where he was straight up like just like pointing the camera at like some something that's not a trail, and then he would like like show gut hook, and like he's like, yeah, gut hook literally has me going straight through this. So again, it wasn't like super often; it probably only happened like a couple times in his film anyway. But definitely not something that is, like, a thing on the AT at all, which is, like, kind of my frame of reference here. So, I don't know. That that definitely sticks out to me. Um, how often were you, like, checking Guthook and or the map to, like, make sure you were on trailer? And I, I know it's going to vary by section, actually. So, let's say you're on a section where, like, you kind of want to be checking it often, like... I don't know, like how did that work? Was it every like five minutes, like ten minutes, like, or you were just like walking with fucking gut hook open like all the time? Like, <laughs> how was that? Uh,
1: I'm not a big fan of technology, so I really try not to to take the phone out too often. We uh we'd go a few hours. It, dep- it really depends on where yeah, you're at yeah. with the trail, because some of it it's super well marked and you'd be fine. But there's definitely other areas. Like if we went for an alternate, we'd want to know. Which trail to take to go here, to go up and over that. Uh, Like through the winds, there was a few spots where it was helpful. It would be anywhere from, if we were lost, every five to ten minutes. Yeah. And then if we were on parts where there was markers that said CDT, (laughs) you could go hours
0: without it. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, How often would you say you were lost and i want to like define what exactly lost means so like there's like obviously like lost as in you like don't know where the fuck you are at all and then there's lost as in like you are on a trail somewhere still but like you're not on the right trail can you just kind of talk about like when that stuff kind of happened
1: um we only got lost like oh shit we have no idea where we are it's really late and we're close to mexico once (laughs) <laughs> and then uh
0: is that gonna be your story for the end i think it'll have to be okay okay I, I won't pry into that now then we'll wait a few minutes and uh lost
1: on the wrong trail i don't know three or four times
0: okay oh that's not too bad then
1: no we could have avoided it if we were paying attention i'm sure we just got carried away in conversation and took a cow trail or whatever yeah yeah
0: i'm, I'm glad to hear that because Again, going back to that guy's videos, um, it kind of seemed like he was getting lost as in like off the trail, not lost as in like middle of nowhere lost, but like wrong trail kind of lost. Like fairly often, you know. Like I, I can't really put a number to it, but more than just like a couple times. So that's good. I'm I'm usually pretty good with that. Like again, it's obviously the AT and the long trail and East Coast Northeast hiking is a lot different than I'm the cdt but like i've like never really ever taken the wrong trail or gotten lost or anything like that so hopefully i'll be like pretty good about that on the cdt too so
1: let me add something to that idea because for us when we got off trail like that was the most thrilling part it's like all right now (laughs) we don't have to take an actual trail we can bushwhack just go towards the top of that mountain and like there was a few times we were off trail just kind of walking through areas where like we would see all the wildlife because no one else had been there i remember luna the effie's D- dog taken off after a black bear because we're so <laughs> oh, off shit, the trail shit. like seeing deer and everything so for me getting off trail yeah it's a little uncomfortable but it's also really really exciting because eventually you have your maps just look see where the next road is or where the trail comes around and you'll hit it eventually
0: interesting interesting that's, that's pretty cool. I've never really heard that perspective of it before. Um, I kind of want to tie this next question back to kind of the alternate thing, but it's kind of related to going off trail as well. So, like, one of the things that I kind of had to come to terms with about this trail um, is the whole, like, not just one defined route thing. So, like, I don't want to say I was a purist on the AT because I feel like that kind of has, like, a bad, like, fucking like vibe attached to it or whatever like oh you're fucking purist like kissing (laughs) white blaze and like that's that's not what i was doing but i was definitely like making an active effort to make sure i didn't skip any sections um so having this through hike that is the cdt where you don't necessarily take like just one defined path like you have different options like i feel like that kind of like messes like with my whole view of through hiking a little bit so i kind of want to know like what you thought about that before and you know maybe kind of how that changed afterwards because at the same time it does like sound pretty fun to have like more options but that just kind of like breaks my brain a little bit when it comes to like the idea of a through hike you know no i totally get it i i would like the cdt
1: is funny because it can be anywhere from 2600 miles to th- over 3000 which is depending such on what...
0: a big difference yeah
1: yeah it's huge so the idea of the alternates and having like all the freedom to take whichever trail you want i wasn't sure what to think of it going into it but i had done some reading up on the alternates and knew the ones i was really interested in Mm -hmm. like all through the winds the healer river it just kind of made sense to like not look at it as just purest through hike, but to go into it with wanting to get the most out of this walk from Canada to Mexico yeah. and just turn it into an all out adventure of seeing some of the most spectacular things. Like you, you really shouldn't walk through the winds and stay low. You should go over a knapsack, coal, see the Cirque Towers, just see some of those beautiful areas that they have to offer and ask, I mean, if depending if you go, Sobo ask the nobos on which alternates they did, and they'll yeah, tell you. Oh, don't miss this, and
0: vice versa, for sure. Like, how many people would you say? Like, again, estimate for sure. But like, how many people do you think actually stick to like the designated CDT versus the amount of people who do take the alternates and stuff? Ah, uh, that's a hard question. I <laughs> because I was kind of under the impression before this conversation that like most people end up taking the alternates, but is that you also mentioned earlier that you did see a lot of people trying to stick to the official route. Yeah,
1: I think cause Effie and I talked about the we hiking. It was like this, this idea of depending on how comfortable you are leaving your little dot that you follow on gut hook as you hike North to South. It's like if you're cool getting off trail and, comfortable going to explore different areas you'll take alternates but if you're really gung-ho on following gut hook and have other trails that you've done and want to stick to the actual cdt then they probably won't go bouncing around i just think that personally i think you're missing out on a lot of other really neat parts of the trail yeah so people that took i don't even know because i didn't really that was really a question i asked people when i met them yeah yeah maybe a hand a dozen or so probably stick to the trail it also gets to a time crunch too like if you're trying to beat winter if it's getting too cold you might take the shorter yeah uh anaconda route instead of the butte route that'll save you a few days Mm -hmm. if you're trying to get through the winds or whatever
0: it is nice to have that flexibility though because like like i said like it's kind of hard for me to uh, i don't know it's kind of hard for me to like see myself doing that but once i did like research it more you know, it does kind of seem like taking the alternates would be like a lot of fun too. And especially the alternates that like the majority of people take, like what's that, what's that one? um I think it's in New Mexico, like Northern New Mexico, the Gila River. Gila? Oh the, yeah, the Gila River. Gila River. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's super cool.
0: That seems like one that a lot of people take and that looked pretty cool as well. So I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to take the alternates like for sure.
1: Uh, One thing that like will help people be successful on that trail is being flexible as far as alternates go like yeah, I really wanted to start in Waterton in Canada and go from there. But I couldn't get permits and I had to go to achievement like I actually hiked northbound through Glacier because we could not get permits starting around the 4th of July. So. You
0: know what? That's actually the same thing that the guy who I keep talking about on YouTube <laughs> who doesn't have a name, um, that's the same thing he did too, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so being flexible, like, yeah, so that, yeah. that would definitely be a key thing to keep an eye out for.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, I feel like I read somewhere that, like, uh, what's, the, what's the name of the... Organization that maintains or, uh, like, is the CDT, like the, the ATC of the CDT? CDT Coalition. Coalition, okay. So I think I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong about this because I'm not positive, that they recognize a CDT thru-hike so long as it's a continuous footpath within the continental divide. You, have you heard anything about that? Uh, Yeah, they basically just want you to connect your footsteps. And yeah.
1: I imagine they don't care if you take alternates.
0: Yeah, which is, like, different, again, than, the, like, they. I guess, like, I can't speak for the PCT, but for the AT, I know for sure that, like, you know, to be, like, a, quote, like, official 2,000 miler or whatever it is, you know, they want you to hike the whole trail, basically. Like, there's no alternates. Like, you're supposed to stay on the AT. So, like, I just find that so interesting about the CDT and definitely, like, something unique to the CDT, so... I think they realize that there's fires and other yeah, yeah. <laughs> happenings every
1: year. It makes it cool. I, I remember people like having to walk the last 200 miles going north on because Glacier was on fire.
0: Oh, damn. So that was 2017. You know what? Yeah, because I was there in August of 2017. And I remember like shortly after I got back a bunch of the places I was hiking in. like the, I was on like, you know, it was, I think I did the Highline Trail once and then some other stuff around there. And, like, that was all just, like, on fire. And I was like, damn, I'm glad I went (laughs) when I did. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, Effie and I, man, we saw something that looked like a little campfire going out of control in the Anaconda Anaconda Pintlers. By the time we got to town four days later, we don't have cell communication to tell anybody about this. The fire was pretty big and burnt, I think, the rest of the season. So, it's like damn, we were kind of lucky to be... Through that area. I feel like when we were hiking, the fires were just chasing us the rest of the way down. Oh, man. That sucks. Not that we started any of them, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. No. Um, <laughs> shit. So, yeah. Let's talk about fires a little bit. I said I was going to come back to this. Um, I think this is the last like CDT question I'm going to ask. So, East Coast, again, fires have never been a concern for me. Not, like Hardly ever even thought about them. I know they're a thing on the... The PCT as well. So can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Like, did you guys ever have to... I know you said you were close to them, obviously. Did you guys ever have to, like, reroute to get around the fires? And, like, how would you suggest, like, a CDT thru-hiker deal with those? Uh, Yes, we
1: did have to reroute. Um, and you, I believe there's... You can definitely call, like, the Forest Service and ask them prior to going into stuff. And we actually had, like... Oh, man, I'll have to look up the website and send it to you. But there's a website that has fire tracking on it. Oh, really? Yeah. So going into Lincoln, Montana, because I, I had never really been around fires too. East Coast, same thing. But I remember seeing smoke off in the distance, and I was going to do a bigger day to get into Lincoln, Montana. Once I got up on the ridge, I saw smoke. Oh, probably 10 miles away and it hadn't really hit the ridge where i was at yet but i had three other friends that i just that were camping down low and they had no idea there was smoke coming so i'm up on this ridge i had cell service and i called my dad and i was like hey can can you look into this for me because i limited battery and whatever else yeah, so yeah. he uh looked in and found like this live tracking and had a woman on the phone who was able to tell him where the fire was how big it is if it's spreading the wind direction and i was like yeah like do i have to go back and tell my friends like let's bail or what's going on and they had it it was actually just outside of the town of lincoln it was 10 miles away and they were trying to contain it but it would not wasn't going to reach us that night it's just definitely hard like your eyes burn it's hard to breathe oh man hiking through fires like that was my first time exposed to it and it was not fun just yeah
0: i can imagine
1: you think you're having a hard time breathing going uphill man choke on some smoke
0: (laughs) (laughs) so having that was uh quite the experience for sure for sure yeah it's it's like there's so much in with the pct too i guess there's so much that's just like kind of luck to get like a successful through hike with like the fires and the snowpack and all that stuff like that's so different than the at yeah that's it's definitely all about luck because we were in encampment
1: in colorado and it was me effie another guy pounds and there was a fire closure way off in the distance and we had uh, we ended up like using just google maps and kind of finding open forest service roads like kind of contacting the forest service and see what's open what can we take to continue walking south yeah, yeah. just because the trail was closed for i don't know like 80 miles probably so we took dirt roads man. connected kind of looped around and eventually got back onto the trail so that's i mean if you look at that with a negative attitude it's like oh man we can't be on the trail but it can also be really exciting just stay positive in it. Like you get to go go through these other really cool towns
0: yeah sure
1: we ended up in a town with a bar and live music. It was super cool. <laughs> so you can definitely make the best of it.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, damn, dude, you just kind of uh, reaffirmed some things that I thought I might have known about this trail and definitely taught me some new stuff as well. So that was super cool. I think we're going to kind of start to wrap it up here. But obviously, got to do story time. So I don't I don't know if I reminded you about this, but I know you listened to Effie, Effie's episode. So epi's episode so (laughs) you know know about the you know about the story time thing so this um getting lost in mexico thing what happened not in mexico near mexico
1: (laughs) yeah so we uh left lordsburg which is one of the first or last towns you'll get to on the cdt and effie's parents actually drove out from maine to meet us for like the last two weeks and do trail magic for other people, and just see what it was all about. So it was super cool to have them out there. And it also meant we could hike a little later into the night to try and meet where they'd be parked at. So they were taking all sorts of crazy dirt roads and going through pretty remote country. And leaving Lordsburg, we left there, I don't even know, It's probably 6 o'clock at night, let the heat kind of die off. And we're walking, and as soon as, like, it's starting to get dark, and as soon as we lose the I-10, like, that was kind of our bearings. So, we're hiking southbound through the desert, and there are CDT signs every few hundred yards that have reflective markers on them Mm -hmm. if you're going northbound not if you're going southbound. so for (laughs) us we've got the headlamps going and we cannot see signs until they're in front of our face the brush is pretty thick we're losing the trail left and right because there's cow trails everywhere and then as soon as we start dropping down we lose the lights of interstate 10. so the moon hasn't risen it's super dark we can't see the signs we're close to Lordsburg, but we have no idea really how to get back there. Okay. And, uh, we had self-service and Effie is texting her mom, like, uh, her mom's telling her, yeah, like we've got a campfire going. So like, you'll definitely see us there. I don't even know, probably five or 10 miles away, but we see these, we see these lights off in the distance. And it's like this one just kind of shimmering light and it's so far away. you're like, oh, that's a campfire. It's definitely a campfire. We, we can make it there. <laughs> we had no idea that that was a different road and the lights we're seeing are headlamps or like uh, car lights. Yeah, yeah. So we're following these lights that are moving that oh. <laughs> aren't a fire. We're so far. We we're probably three or four miles off the trail. Damn. And then we we're using gut hook. We're definitely far off that. We can't figure out which direction to turn to actually get back to the trail or where to go. (laughs) So we see these other lights and like, it's a, it's a rancher's house and we get close to there and the dogs start going crazy and he's got barbed wire fence everywhere. So we're jumping over that, going under it, trying to figure out what's going on. We're finally getting on back track with gut hook and man, we were we probably ended up hiking till like 11, 11 And we, by the time we got to her parents camper with a dwindling campfire that had been lit <laughs> for four hours yeah. <laughs> and really had nothing left to burn. But man, it just, I had never been, that was like the one time I'd been really lost really in my lost. life. I mean, we, we simply could have stopped, set up camp. We had enough food and made it there in the morning, but. We, the idea of just keep going, see them camp. We thought we were falling on a campfire for like three hours, but it was cars driving off in the distance.
0: <laughs> just throwing you off. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was the first time I was like, holy shit. I'm lost <laughs> and have no, like the idea of having no bearings. Like if you're, if it's daylight, you can keep a mountain to your right. Or yeah, yeah. if you're in the desert, like that idea of being around nothingness in the desert. I didn't really thought about it until it was pitch black, and I have no idea where I'm going because the lights I thought I could follow are moving. <laughs> so that was a really uncomfortable situation. Finally, we got to her parents, Like we made it around this ranch. You don't want to piss a rancher off in New no, Mexico. No, especially
0: at night, like that, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mexican border. That's crazy. Yeah. So we got to her parents, and like the next morning, her dad's like, yeah, maybe I should, uh, get your cell phone number <laughs> it's like yeah that might be a good idea and yeah her dad and i exchanged phone numbers and then the next few days went a lot more smoothly smoothly than that since we uh we're, took some caution as far as hiking at night yeah and yeah. everything went went well it's super well patrolled by the uh, border patrol so they looked after her parents and us while we were on the trail
0: Okay, interesting. Did you actually see like border patrol agents while you were hiking?
1: Yeah, man, they're on quads, motorbikes, the the big SUVs everywhere. So they know you're out there hiking. They'll yeah. Look yeah. after you. I don't know if they give you water, but <laughs> imagine the magic out out there. the border patrol. <laughs> yeah, don't go asking them for water if you. Nah, right. They'll look. They'll look after you.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, shit, dude. I think we're gonna kind of wrap it up there, Dave. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for like having. Like I said, a few minutes ago, learned a ton about the CDT, so that's super cool. Where can people go to follow you and kind of keep up with you on your future adventures? Um, I recently got
1: Instagram last summer, so that's pretty exciting. Hell yeah! The yeah. handle name is More Dave for you, <laughs> and then i guess facebook dave moore there's about a thousand of us so good luck (laughs) (laughs) look
0: for the guy with the huge fucking beard yeah (laughs) awesome man thank you again to everybody listening thank you for tuning in yeah trail tails out